about the idea of story and, and in, in banishment the word is used a number of times by the narrator this is that's a good story mm-hmm. here's my story yeah, yeah. I was thinking with someone like Carl it's, it reminds me of the ways we invent, our, we invent ourselves we mm-hmm. are, we are yeah. fictions yeah. and sometimes that fiction can kind of run away yeah. with us and the, the idea of and that fight, the wonderful final scene where he's saying I'm just going to experiment I'm just going to try this yeah. I'm just going to try that yeah. Um, yeah. as though it's slightly beyond his control yeah. That, yeah. Is that that seems to be another sort of yeah and there's you know when he said that I never really thought of this but there's that moment in Jernigan where he shoots himself uh, in the web and <coughs> in the thumb and the forefinger uh, experimentally just <laughs> but yeah they're and this is this is me being self-reflexive as a writer in addition to the characters doing what they're doing because of course that's what you're doing as you're making a story you're experimenting you're trying oh uh, maybe it would be a good idea to have a character do that um, it's like check out with the gun on the wall um, there's Jernigan in the basement there's a little pistol, there's a hay bale. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> uh, oh, he's not going to touch the gun. No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but um, there is a. These characters are experimenting sort of in the way I'm experimenting. Is there also a, a way to, to draw you back to what you were saying earlier about there's, a, there's the two David, David Gates? This is, when you were the younger, were you were you that kind of guy? I mean, he talks that, that writing seems to have intervened in some mm-hmm. way for you. Did it? Did it? Well, I was I was never um, the kind of totally self-destructive person that I make my people okay. become. <laughs> uh, I now I don't do the stuff that I and I didn't do the stuff that yeah. I did a few stupid things, of course, but not the kind of epic stupidity of a lot of these people. Um, I was always uh, more self-contained, I think, than that. And and I was going to say, also, in my wild moments, there was always this sense of, oh, I am now enacting a wild moment. So (laughs) So is that the... I I was thinking about the... when Jernigan and his... uh, I think it's... uh, Uncle... um, Oh, Uncle Fred, and, and they're, they're tripping, and, they're, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he kind of knows he's tripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of, yeah, hard, yeah. but doesn't. Yeah. But that's also part of the <laughs> would be part of the problem. Is sure, sure, sure. I mean, and definitely LSD taught me how to think in complicated <laughs> okay. and perhaps too complicated ways. But there's a yeah, yeah. there's a mix, yeah. but there's that kind of way the mind yeah. can yeah. and there's something very old the older yeah. traditions like romantic traditions um, of Coleridge, um, Virginia Woolf. If ever there were a writer writing about the mind, thinking about the mind, thinking about the minds, she's the one. Or Beth. What's happening now with what? what why is our, why why are we so self-conscious now? Why was that gen, your generation? Uh, or why were you? So I went by your generation. Why, why, where did that self-consciousness come from? Well, was I worse than Virginia Woolf? Yeah, much worse. 
I'm gonna say it. No, no, no. no. Gee, you're more fun. You're more fun. To the lighthouse is a pretty alarming piece of work. You're more fun than Virginia Woolf about. Uh, I don't know. She's funnier than you give her credit for. I think. Well, I don't know how funny you give her credit for things, <laughs> but I think there's a. She's not drunk dead funny, yeah. but she's sly, and um, also in some of her not maybe in the fiction so much. But um, in some of the essays, she's yeah. very funny. Yeah, she's very, very funny. But there are funny moments in the Lighthouse where um, uh, Mr. Banks, I think, is talking about the vegetable salts and food, and all poor Lily Briscoe can picture his potatoes. I mean, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. There's also a slightly snooty. I, I mean, I guess it's that high style that you were yeah. that you were talking. Yeah. I mean, even in Mrs. Dalloway, there's kind of more crazed, absurd humour, perhaps for someone like Septimus. Or I'm, I'm humor nodding humor. wisely as if to pretend I've read Mrs. Dalloway's um, book. This is, you know, I'll read a book by someone and I'll love it and I'll think that you know this person could never have written as good a book. So I read Middlemarch and just thought she can't have written anything as good as that. So I just won't bother. So. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Have you had readerly obsessions? It sounds like Beckett was maybe one other. Other who were the other people? Beckett, Dickens, Jane Austen. Um, I read you. I remember reading your your wonderful introduction to Donald. The oh, Bartham, Bartham, yeah, yeah. yeah. I also wrote an introduction to Sense and Sensibility, which I guess I've just been kind of parroting when talking about it. Um, and then there's a slightly on lower down the food chain, um, P.G. Woodhouse. Okay. And then a little lower down the food chain than that, Rex Stout. Oh, yeah. Who's the author of the Nero Wolf novels, which I obsessively read. Obsessively. Really? Yeah. What's it about Rex Stout? Uh, it's that voice. It's that Archie Goodwin. <laughs> that's the narrator of these detective novels. Um, what a wonderful first person voice. And if you read any of the few other books that he wrote not using that narrator, they're terrible. They're just awful. But somehow, he, he found a voice that was absolutely perfect. Beautiful voice. Is that a big shift for you if you step out of a first person? Because actually, when I was writing the review, I, I, wrote, I said, oh, they're all first person. And then I look back, and then, then they're not there a moment. I think Carl, on this one, yeah, is Carl's not. Yeah, that one's not first person. Um, there are a few in third person. Preston uh, Falls used to be two first-person monologues and became two close <coughs> third-person narratives. Um, Is it difficult for you to step out of that? that? First-person um, feels more natural to me, but um, I'm not sure how to make all those first-person narrators not sound the same. It's, you know, in the Beckett trilogy, um, Moran sounds like Malloy, sounds like Malone. It's pretty hard to 
you know, does the woman in Banishment sound too much like German? Well, no, she doesn't, I don't think, but years have separated those books. If I were to do another um, first-person novel, which I'm certainly contemplating, uh, am I going to be able to make it sound different somehow from her? And with third person, it's been a while since I've written in third person. I don't know what it would be like. Maybe I should be giving that a try again. Because I think you can be... In one way, maybe you can be a little freer writing in third person. Because if you've got a first person narrator, you're probably internally setting up rules for that voice. And maybe in third person, you're not so much. Um, I've been really, really, re-reading Bleak House. I brought in the trip with me. Um, of course, I mean to go over to Lincoln's yeah, yeah. fields as soon as I can. Um, but there is a novel with you know, a very strong and distinct first-person voice for part of it and a very strong and intrusive third-person voice and also shifting tenses, mm. uh, as should be. Uh, first person, I think, always must be in the past. First person, present is intolerable. I fall upon the thorns of life. <laughs> I walk along the shore and think about the, you know, <laughs> no, 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 we can't have that. But that strong third person voice is all in present tense, which must have been quite radical Yeah, when he thought of that. And also the beginning of it is very radical. It's the whole first page is not a complete sentence on it. Yeah, there's a, dino, there's a dinosaur yeah, walking yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, Walking up Holborn Hill, which yeah, it's all, doesn't look like a hill to me. But. Uh, maybe it did. Yeah, that's right. It's all... It's, I mean, it, this it is a little hillier up here. But. Yeah, oh, but it was when I was walking the wrong way from oh, yeah, King's yeah. Cross. ways to try and break out of of the uh, the Gatesian sameness is um, is to make a, a character to, to write from the point of view of a woman as in, as in banishment was that yeah. a uh, was that a was that a challenge to think yourself into that character and try and yeah um, it was it was a conscious decision to the background is this book was originally going to be ten stories, and my editor Gary Fiskajohn suggested it might be better to have two more, or perhaps a novella. So I thought, well, novella, I would only have to start once rather than start the, you know, crack machine up twice. <laughs> um, and in thinking back about it, I realized there were not a lot of women main characters and the other stories there might be two so I thought you know if it's going to be a novella it's got to be a woman just for the sake of the thing and maybe for the sake of my own soul but um, she was interesting because she was she seemed to be poised between 
I mean, she was poised between two men who offered her incredibly different things. Yeah. One was all... Yeah. I was trying to sort of think my way through it, but it was, one was all sort of potential. But she, and, yeah. and this other guy who was accomplished, but in that sort of... I was thinking about the word accomplished in terms of also seemingly complete and stable yeah. and yeah. all the things. Yeah. And, and he but seemed, also a bit past his peak. Well, that was it. I, and she's trying to head for her peak, which she never really gets to accept in the narrating of her own story. I mean, I think now she's pretty great, but you wouldn't want to read her pieces. <laughs> um, you were talking earlier about the, the, sort of the conversation sometimes with your, with your a younger, slightly wilder or less yeah, structured yeah. self. Is it, was that coming out? I, mean, I, I did think at one point the, the reference to the beautifully... Uh, chiseled grey beard of the architect I immediately then started wondering how similar he was to you yeah. and yeah. are all these characters iterations of you at various points yeah sure 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 that's what else are they going to be my my shrink uh, I'm, I'm no longer better shrink I went to one for a read Preston Falls and I was of course <clears throat> thinking that Willis the horrible husband Preston Falls was total self-portraiture I said, yeah, you're, you're Jean, you're the wife you know, that's you and damn, she wasn't wrong what, what but the old you know, but the old, well, Jean is very responsible and she worries a lot and she feels a sense of obligation about things I mean, that's the other that's certainly an element of my uh, and this one, obviously, the, the woman in, mar- in banishment, the woman who narrates it, that's obviously me, but I'm also obviously the old guy whose jawline is starting to give and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, he's a self-portrait, too. When they... It was, it was but thank God, his self is big enough to split <laughs> off into a few little units and yeah, put them into combat. Is it great fun to have those scenes where the two of them are, are sparring? Um, and it was there was something of a slightly nightmarish quality that we have two people who can, can sort of yeah. But it's yeah, also yeah. the nightmarish quality was you then start to realise they're chipping away at yeah. each other. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I watch a lot of. 30s screwball comedies. Obsessively watching them again and again and again. They singing things back and forth with each other. And I love that quality. And of course, it takes me half an hour to think up each person's response to the witty thing the other person has said. But of course, on the page, it just reads as if it's being very clear. I, I always like in, in your work the and I guess in these first-person narrations where, where the narrator slightly either runs out of steam or runs out of patience with themselves. And there's, I think there's a lovely one in Banishment because, oh, uh, oh God, for God's sake, let's not, let's not go there. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a very good one. I love the one in fairly early in Jernigan who just goes, huh. Um, uh, when I think he sees, he's what, trying to work out this white snow and, and a blue uh, caravan, which I sort of feel is a Gatesian moment, right, right, a, right, a right. Gatesian scene, yeah. something yeah. about do you feel those sorts of frustrations with yourself as you're as you're writing? Is that a, is, um, do they express a kind of exasperation with uh, existence itself? With 
<laughs> I, I like existence. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know what the alternative is. No, I'm, I'm, existence and I get along quite well. I well, I, I suppose I was really... But, but of course, I'm, I'm saying this in August. Um, along about in January, where it's cold and snowy, existence isn't quite so rosy for me. And I spent a lot of time in the snow. What happens to you? Are you one of the, do you get afflicted by the things that sat the seasonally adjusted to, I, I to think things? I do. To I think maybe I used to more than I than I do now. Uh, but it's cold and snow is hard to shovel and it's wet. And, and I, I love it. I love the look of it. It's beautiful and I love the landscape when the trees are when, when the leaves are off the trees and you can see the contours of it. It's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's just Inconvenient. Do you ever get? I've interviewed a couple of American writers actually. Say they get who live in, in rural parts of the states. You say they've they've been sort of snowed in and can't. Yeah. And something quite. And if you're a writer, there may be something convenient about that. But this is something again night, nightmarish. If you get the the last winter I spent in the northeastern part of the United States, there was a three foot snowstorm once a week. And that was just a bit much. And I'm living most of the year now in Montana. Okay. And the snow is not as bad for us. It's not as cold. It's, and of course, I was intimidated to move there because it's Montana. But it's, it's, um, it's really much more good. It's really much more good.